the Southcliff Podcast. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Senior Pastor Dr. Carol Marr with this week's sermon. Uh, this week, many of you know that a few weeks ago, Warren uh, announced his retirement. And um, I've come to the conclusion that he needs to leave today. Because every day, we discover something else he's doing around here that we didn't know about. And we're already to the place where we're going to have to hire four people to replace him. And if we keep him much longer, I think we're going to have to hire an army of people to do what he does. I'm telling you, oh my goodness. Uh, Since his announcement of retirement, it's sad, but I have come to appreciate so much more what that man does behind the scenes to make it possible for us to experience that worship time. And so all of those that are behind the scenes that you never see, um, and, and in fact, it's sad that the only time you ever know they're there is when something goes wrong, right? Uh, but every week when everything's working fine and there's not anything wrong, you don't even pay any attention to them. So I'm grateful for them and for their giftedness and for all that they share with us uh, in that time. Well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Romans. We continue our study through this book, and boy, it has been an exciting study for me. I hope that it has also been for you. And as we come to chapter 8, we're spending a lot of time in chapter 8. Some have recognized that chapter 8 is perhaps the greatest chapter in all the book of Romans. Some even suggest that chapter 8 in Romans is the greatest chapter in all the Bible. And it might be. But we've spent some time here, and over the last few weeks, we've been talking about some truths that Paul has introduced us to with regard to uh, our connection with the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about life in the Spirit. And last time we were together, we talked about walking in the Spirit. And if you'll recall, I told you that life in the Spirit speaks to the reality that God's Holy Spirit lives in us. That when we accepted Jesus as Savior, God comes to live in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he brings with him the power and the grace and everything that God has is available to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. The moment we're saved, he comes to live in us. And that's what it means to live in the Spirit. But last time we were together, we talked about walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit doesn't speak to the Holy Spirit in us. It's us having the Holy Spirit. Walking in the Spirit speaks of the Holy Spirit having us. We have the Holy Spirit, but when we walk in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has us. We are working in concert with the Spirit of God that lives in us. We learn to listen to his voice. We learn to respond to him in obedience, and we learn to rely on him to walk in the power of his grace. And oh my goodness, if you begin to learn those truths, it opens up the victory that God has for us. Now, what we're going to talk about today is connected with those truths. Because Paul is going to say in the text before us today that if you are a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're a child of God, you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, you've come to a place in your life where you recognize you're a sinner, you can't save yourself, you believe that God came in the person of Jesus, lived, died, rose again, you have asked him to save you. Paul says 
that if you are a believer, if you've come to that place, then as a Christian, you are to be, listen to this, spiritually minded. Not only do I live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, but I am to be spiritually minded. And the idea is that we are to be a person whose thoughts and beliefs and attitudes and worldview are governed by Scripture under the control of the Holy Spirit. That everything we do, the life we live, is connected to what we think, and that is connected to the person of the Holy Spirit. Because, and see if you agree with this, because our entire life is governed by how we think and what we believe, this becomes important. I I don't know if you agree with that, but I I believe that, that our entire life is governed by what we think and by what we believe. And so it is imperative that we understand what Paul is telling us in this text. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So because our lives are governed by our thoughts, by our thinking, by our beliefs, and our belief processes, this becomes really important. So turn with me to Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 5 through verse 8, and we're going to discover three truths in our time together today. Begin with verse 5, chapter 8. We've looked at this text numerous times, but look again. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, and it does not subject itself to the law of God or even not, not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now in just those few verses, Paul introduces this concept of thinking in the spirit. So what I want to do in our time together today is just give you three truths that that kind of will help flesh this out as we begin to understand what this means and, and, and how to apply it to our life. And, and as we begin to think about the life in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and thinking in the Spirit, I, I want you to recognize with me this morning that, that according to the text, I believe we discover that thinking in the Spirit involves, first of all, how I think. Secondly, we're going to discover that thinking in the Spirit not only involves how I think, it involves what I think. And and then finally, I think it involves my perspective on life and and my worldview. Well, with that in mind, let's talk about it together. First, I want you to recognize with me that thinking in the Spirit involves how I think. In the text before us in chapter 8, we've already discovered that Paul draws a contrast between those that are according to the flesh and those that are according to the spirit. He says that there is a difference in the way that people think who are according to the flesh or 
according to the Spirit. We could put it in terms that we understand today. A person who is a believer and a person who is an unbeliever, Paul said, there is a huge difference in the way they think and the way they interpret the world and the way they see the world and the way they respond to the things around them. And he draws attention to that contrast. We've talked about that contrast over the last few weeks when, when I introduced it this way. I believe that Paul has shared with us two life management systems. And you either operate in one of two life management systems. Either you operate in a life management system that is in the spirit or in the flesh. The life management system that is in the spirit is a Christ-centered life management system. It is a system that is aware that God has a say-so in my life and a desire and a purpose and a plan, and I yield to that. A life management system according to the flesh was, would be a me-centered life where life revolves around me, what I want, what I think, what I experience. And those two life management systems define the way that we live. And what he says in the text is that we think very differently. We have two different mindsets, if you will, two different attitudes, two different perspectives. In fact, in the text before us, Paul uses the word mind. The word mind, as is used in this passage of Scripture, refers to a basic orientation. It really can be referenced to a bend in the way we think, a thought pattern, if you will, our outlook, our belief system, the, the heart or the disposition of our life. You see, it's interesting that Paul uses the word mind because according to scripture, we have both a mind and a brain, right? We have this brain that is in our head, that is this incredible thing that God created and placed within us. Millions and millions of brain cells, neurotransmitters. In fact, it is the most sophisticated and complicated computer ever designed. And of course, it was designed by God. We, we haven't even we haven't even touched all that the brain is capable of doing. God put this brain in our head, but he has also given us at the same time a mind. And, and as the, the brain relates to that computer system with all those cells and neurotransmitters, the mind relates to the soul. It, it relates to our personality, our disposition, our bend. Now, here's the way that we might be able to see it. The brain is the computer hardware of your life. The mind is the software within which it functions. Every computer hardware has to have software to drive it. And so your brain is a computer hardware and one of two worldviews will become the software from which that brain functions. 
whether it is according to the spirit or according to the flesh. Two different life management systems, if you will. So being spiritually minded literally means that I am yielding my mind to the spiritual software, not to fleshly software. Now, what does that look like? Let me, let me just show you the differences. And one of the most prominent ways that we can recognize the difference between these two life management systems is with regard to authority. For those who live according to the Spirit, to those who, who live their life by the spiritual life management system, our authority is faith. Our, our authority, our our. our default setting is our faith, our understanding of God and his word and the revelation of God and the way God works in the world around us. For the person who does not know God, the life management system that they yield to, the authority is reason. Now, even when I say the difference between faith and reason, reason doesn't necessarily have to be reasonable. It's just that the system through which they operate, the authority of that is a reason based often on what they think are their own perceptions. A spiritually minded person then finds his authority in faith the flesh-minded person finds his authority in reason. The spirit-minded person finds his authority in God and what God says and what God does. And it doesn't really matter what I think and what I want and what I desire. Everything revolves around what God wants and God thinks and God desires. He is the ultimate authority. But for the flesh-mind, it is self. It's not really about God, it's what I want in life. And all that really matters is me. And the whole of life is lived from a perspective of what's best for me. And I want to look out for me, and I want to look out for mine, and I, I want to do what's right for me. It's time for me to begin to think about me and myself. The spirit mind finds authority in Scripture. The flesh mind finds authority in personal preference. The spirit mind says that what's right is right because the Bible says it's right. And if the scriptures say do this, then we do this and we find a standard of living that we operate under where a person who does not know God doesn't find the scripture as the source of authority, but their personal preference, what they want, what they desire, how they interpret things. Now, here's an interesting twist. These two life management systems don't communicate with each other. We operate in one or we operate in the other. They don't communicate with each other. And, and that's the reason why, it's a very simple reason why you and I as believers don't get the rest of the world. Have you noticed as a believer, this world is getting really crazy. And we're sitting here saying, this, this doesn't even make sense. 
This is the craziest thing that I've ever seen in the world. And it's because you are operating from a different life management system. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. And one of the most recent and in our face issues today is the gender issue. And for a believer, we would say, I don't even understand. I can't even comprehend how a person could interpret gender apart from biology. I mean, there's, there's a man and there's a woman. It's simple. I mean, it's not complicated. It's not, it's not, I mean, science is very simple in that area. How in the world can a person come to the place where they think that a child can decide at some point in their life that I, I, I was born into a girl's body, but I'm really a guy, and, and, and it's okay to go through surgery to make me become a guy. And, and you and I as Christians, because we are operating from a different software system that does not speak to the other software system, everything about that is just foreign to us and so we're just sitting here scratching our heads saying this doesn't make any sense at all but I want you to know on the other side if the if the authority of the life is personal preference then it makes perfect sense to them because it's about what I want and it's about what I choose and it's about my rights there are two different software systems that are at work in our life. And it brings about, listen to this, according to Paul, two different outcomes. The outcomes, he says, is that the flesh-minded person always leads to death. But the spirit-minded person leads to life and peace. Now, what does that mean? Well, the reason for those that are spirit-minded, we have life and peace, is because we have an authority that never changes. There's stability in our life. You know what we know? We know that if God said something was wrong a thousand years ago, it's still wrong today and it's going to be wrong tomorrow and we can live our life based on the principles of God's word and there's stability and there's direction and there's a firm foundation that we can live our life on because we know that there are some absolutes and we know that God has a plan and a purpose for our life there's a standard and we can, we can look at the standard and assess life by a standard. But if you live according to the flesh, there are no absolutes. And if there are no absolutes, then, well, what was wrong yesterday may not be wrong today. And, and you know the danger of that, that sounds good and it sounds like freedom, until you begin to realize that the rules are constantly changing. And, and this is what I've discovered. Because the rules are constantly changing, one of these days you're going to get caught in your own system. And, and, and you're going to be a victim of your own system. And that's why Paul said that that mindset brings death. It's kind of like the, the bully on the school playground. 
You know, when I was growing up, there were, there were several bullies. One of them that I remember that we were, most of the kids in my class growing up were afraid of. Um, he, he had failed in school a couple of years, so he was a couple of years older than we were. And so he was, he was kind of, you know, intimidating by size, and, and he, was, he was pretty strong and came from a pretty rough family and so had the reputation of being a fighter and just loved to fight. And he was a bully and he was always picking on people. And um, I remember on one occasion, you know, what we would try to do is become friends with a guy. I mean, you know, it's to your advantage when you're in the seventh grade to be friends with this guy. You don't want to be on the other side. And, and I remember he picked this fight with this kid. And, and, uh, and so they'd made the decision that they were going to fight. But they weren't going to fight at school because you get in trouble and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to fight after school. And so a place was designated where we would go and where we would fight. And so both sides showed up, you know, one side with a little bully and one side with the other guy. And all of us were there just to watch the, you know, the, the smackdown really more than anything else. And and so we got there, but what was really amazing is you got the bully and you got the people that are with him and you got the other guy, uh, the, the group with the other guy, but the other guy never showed up. You just have the group that was there to support him, but he never shows up. So it was kind of a letdown because there we are, we got this designated spot, we're right here. And the bully is ready to fight, man. I mean, he is all pumped up and ready to fight. And I'm standing there on his side. And to my absolute amazement, when there was no one to fight, he turned around and wanted to fight me. He turned on me. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. I'm, I thought I was on your team. And you know what I discover is that, that sometimes, and I think this is what Paul is talking about, when there are no absolutes in life, when the rules are constantly changing, eventually you're going to be caught. And like the bully, you think you're safe, and suddenly the whole system comes down on you. And the end result's death. But the end result for those that have their mind system operating in the spirit is life and peace, purpose. Leaving God out of our life leaves purpose out of our life. And so how we think is important. But not only how we think, thinking in the spirit involves what I think. My mind is influenced by what I surround myself with. Who I surround myself with. The old computer adage, garbage in, garbage out, begins to ring true. That, that's why Paul says in Philippians, when he's writing to the church in, in, in Philippi, Paul, Paul says to them, it finally, he gets toward the end of the book, he said, finally, in verse 8 of chapter 4, finally, brethren, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellent, anything worthy of praise, dwell on those things. Think about that. There's a whole lot of other stuff out there. I don't want you focused on that. To have a mind that is in the spirit is to think on 
on the things that God wants us to think on, whatsoever's right and good and pure and holy, to make sure that our mind is cleansed. We need to, to, to get rid of the corrupt files that are in our mind. It is incredible how the, the memories of the past can haunt us. And, and, and there comes a time when we say, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I gotta let go of those memories. I've got to let go of the hurt that I experienced. I've got to let go of the pain. I've got to let go of the the trauma that I've walked through. And and rather than focus on that and let that define my life, I'm going to focus on you and the things that have happened good in my life since then. Whatever's good and right and of good report, think on those things. In Proverbs 4, it says, above all else, guard your heart. When he talks about the heart, he's not talking about the, the muscle that pumps blood through our body. He's talking about that, that emotional center, the mind, the soul of our life. Guard that. Paul will talk about taking every thought captive later in the book of Romans when we get to chapter 12. We're going to flesh this out even more because he says in verse 12, do not be conformed to the world. Here again is that contrasting life management system. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul said, be careful what you put in your mind. What that really means is if I'm to have the mind of the Spirit, there are some things You don't need to watch. There's some things you don't need to listen to. You you, you can't walk through life thinking that you can expose yourself to things that are unwholesome, unhealthy, immoral, and not be impacted by that. That's why pornography is so damaging. And it comes in so many forms. It's destroying lives and families and homes. It builds false expectations and selfish in its orientation and it leads to death, death in relationships. Death and the, 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 the vibrant walk that we have with God. And it's not the only addiction. There are many of them out there. Years ago, I used to say that uh, it, porn is one of those interesting things that has actually become in recent years, to, to the astonishment of many, it, it has become as much an issue with women as it is men. It's, it's never been that in the past. In the past, it's always been primarily a man's thing. It's becoming more and more a, a woman and a man thing. I, I used to say that, that year, years ago, romance novels were, was the woman's porn. Because it creates false expectations. It creates a fantasy world of, of what marriage and relationships is, and it sets us up to fail. Paul said... Listen, we got to be careful what we allow into our mind. Renew our mind. 
Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you read. I don't have to spend a lot of time there. I think we all get that. What I think matters is what he's saying in the text before us. But the final thing that I want you to notice is this, not, not just how I think and what I think, but my perspective is important. Either I see through the lens of the spirit or I see the world through the lens of the flesh. And we make decisions every day and go back and forth. There are some times that I, I'm able to see through the lens of the spirit and then there are times when I, uh, because that old man, that old nature is still there and I wrestle with that. We've talked about the war that rages within us and Paul says there are times that I yield back and so we have to fight our way back to that perspective of walking in the flesh through the lens of the flesh or the lens of the spirit. You know, let me show you what I mean. Our perspective, when it comes to our relationship with God, if you live according to the flesh, then your understanding of acceptance by God is based on what you do. And there are many of you that are here today, and you think that you're accepted by God based on what you do. That if I live a good life, if I do those things, and oh man, Pastor, you talked about some of those things, and I really need to get that right. And the reason you want to get that right is so that God will be pleased with you and God will love you. And if you have that mentality, that's, that's the mindset of the flesh. The mindset of the flesh says that I have to earn God's love. I have to earn God's favor. And here's the problem with that. If that's where you are, you have a tendency to see God as your understanding of God is, is, is really to, to see him as a strict taskmaster, and, and it leads you to the place where you avoid God when you're not what you need to be. In other words, I'm, I'm doing some things that I shouldn't be doing, and so as a result of that, I don't want to have anything to do with God. I run from him. It's like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. When they sinned, they ran from God. I don't want to be in God's presence. And when we are of the flesh, we think that, that, that we have to earn that acceptance. Listen, for a person who thinks in the spirit, our relationship with God is not based on what I do. It's based on grace. And there's a confidence in his love. There's a confidence in his acceptance. There's a confidence in his purpose that enables us to come to the place in life, even when we mess up, we know. And I don't have to run from him. I can run to him. And when I run to him and say, I messed up, I find forgiveness and I find grace. And I find peace and I find the warmth of a loving father who puts his arms around me and says, it's okay. Carol, I'm going to give you the strength. We can do this together. Let's walk through this. And we can walk in the spirit. There's the difference. The perspective when we understand our relationship with God and the comfort that brings to us. That's why there's a difference between believers and unbelievers at death. Because believers come with an assurance knowing that I'm going to be in heaven, not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done for me. And there's no worry or concern. 
How does it impact our relationship with others? My perspective, if I walk in the spirit or if I walk in the flesh, this is what I've discovered. My relationship with others is impacted by that because if I walk in the flesh, this is what we do. We look to others to provide us security, meaning, identity, and joy. And I want to tell you something. <laughs> people can provide you security for a little while. And other people can provide you meaning for a short time. And they might be able to provide you with an identity for a short period of time, but, but a relationship built that way is destined to fail. Because nobody else can give you security. Nobody else can give you identity. Nobody else can give you joy. And what happens when we begin to expect that from other people is that it's a setup for failure. It leads us to a place where we just don't trust anybody. And the reason I don't trust anybody is because I expected that person to do something and they didn't do it. They didn't come through. And because they didn't come through and they didn't provide for me what I need. And as a result of that, I'm going to give up on all relationships. And, and there again is what Paul said, life and peace or death, it leads to death in relationships when we walk in the flesh because we expect others to do what they just can't do. But when we walk in the Spirit, same relationships, but it's God that gives me security. It's God that gives me meaning. It's God that gives me identity. It's God that gives me joy. And, and because of that, listen, Here's the difference. Because God's the one that provides that, I'm free to invest my life in other people. I'm not expecting them to give me those. God's already given me that. And you know what? I'm investing in the lives of other people with a full bank account because God's already provided for me. So, so many times when we're trying to find it in other people, we've got an empty bank account because they can't provide it. And we come to the end of ourselves exhausted. But when we walk in the Spirit and we think in the Spirit, even the relationships that we have with others are different. We begin to see other people as a gift from God. And we invest with them. And, and listen to this. We invest in them even though we know they're going to hurt us. Even though we know they're going to let us down. Even though they, we know that they're going to mess up somewhere along the way. But, but here's the difference. I can offer forgiveness. Because of what God has done in me and through me, when you hurt me, it doesn't end the relationship. I, I have the privilege of offering you forgiveness. Because as I think in the Spirit and live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, having received the forgiveness of God, I'm able to give it to others. But not only is it true in how it impacts our relationships with others, how it impacts our relationship with God, also discovered it impacts the circumstances within which we live life. If you think in the flesh, every time something goes wrong, you're just absolutely convinced God's mad at you. God hates you. Prayer doesn't work. There's no purpose in life. There's no significance in life. We might as well get up and live and die and there is no God, there is no hope. But if we think in the spirit, 
even in the worst of circumstances, we know, we know that God uses every circumstance we experience for his glory and for my good. And I can trust him. I might not understand it. I might not be able to figure it out. I might not like it, but I know that God is at work. There's the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Do you see it? So let me ask you a question. Are you spiritually minded? Because in the text before us, Paul is simply saying, we need to be. And and it's an action that we step into. And so are you spiritually minded? As we've looked at the contrast, which one describes you? And if you're not spiritually minded, aren't you ready today to find life and peace? Perhaps you're able to recognize that the flesh mind has already led to death in so many ways. And so if not, today your prayer is simply this, God, renew me, renew my mind, help me reset daily to a new life management system where I think in you, I walk with you, I live in you. Help me not just do that daily, help me do it hour by hour throughout the day. And every time there's a decision, I wanna make the decision to walk in the spirit and, and to think according to the spirit, to walk in the power that is there. Or, Maybe you're here today and have never accepted Christ, and today's your day to receive him as your Savior. And God's calling you to himself. One of two things. I need to ask that he renew my mind and my heart in him. Or I need to invite him to be my Lord and Savior. No question that God has brought you here. And many of you have been entertaining the thought of becoming a follower of Christ for a long time, and God has brought you today to a place of decision. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the message you've given us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will move in liberty among us today. For any that do not know you, that you would reveal that to them right now. You would show them that they are a sinner separated from you without hope, but that you love them and have come in the person of Jesus to offer eternal life. And if they turn from sin, they'll receive the gift of eternal life in you. For others in this room that are not walking in victory, we have learned today some truths. And maybe the software system that we've been operating under is is not the spirit, but the flesh. So Father, we confess that to you and ask you to forgive us and restore us restore us renew our mind so that we can focus on the things of god in jesus name amen and amen from everyone at southcliff church thank you for joining us today if you would like more information about southcliff church please go to southcliff.com to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry, send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. 
click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. Your financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.